0: Hello, love. It's me, Shannon Ivy, coaching creative. And this is the What She Said Project. (laughs) Oh, that's silly. I know. Hey, I am here because in my coaching practice, sometimes I see a theme. And there's been a theme that I'm really good at talking about, but I don't know that I've done that talking here on this podcast. And so today's episode is about feel the fear and do it anyway, a manifesto for life. All right, y'all. So I was probably diagnosed with anxiety. Oh, trigger warning, talking about anxiety. I was diagnosed with anxiety. um, I don't know, maybe maybe within the last five years and, uh, it's connected to other things. Of course it is, but maybe someone once said, oh, it's situational depression. Y'all have you met me? I run a little fast. I run a little fast and I run a little ahead of myself. I'm not the type of person energetically to spend a long time on things in the past. It's much harder for me to sit down, actually. But as an entrepreneur, there's a special skill that has to do with feeling the fear and doing stuff anyway. All right, so why are these two things connected? Number one, if you're a person who senses that you also may have something systemically going on with your body, and yes, systemic things increase those of us who have experienced various intersections of marginalized identities. You can look up those words later. But if you know, you know, I mean, yes, this world is a little bit hostile, a lot hostile to some of us. And so we naturally have a bodily sense of not belonging. And yet entrepreneurialism Creativity requires us to be in conversation with our world. Okay, what? (laughs) So if you're in a body that experiences some level of panic or anxiety or fear on an everyday basis, you know it takes moving through fear to get yourself and your work, your brilliant thoughts out there. Somehow in my life, this has become something I do. I was raised in a traditional Church of Christ, Southern family, dad and a mom who just celebrated their 53rd wedding anniversary. What? I am their firstborn, I use she, her pronouns, and was born uh, assigned female at birth. So they would say I'm their firstborn daughter. Now, as I was growing up, I had traditional models of being a girl in the world, and I was raised with really one thing in mind. And y'all, I love my parents. We've been through a lot. We've worked through a lot in therapy and other places. And so I can say without a doubt that we all know that the way they raised me was not at all the way I'm living now. I had no idea who I was. I had perfunctory, had a norm, had a normativity. Uh, That means like everyone is straight, right? Mm -hmm. I had perfunctory gender roles. So like, this is what a good woman does. And even within that, I was raised in a very conservative environment. And so there was rules about how we dress or how you carry your hair, carry your hair. Yes, carry your hair there were lots and lots of rules. And my parents like 100% every day made sure that I was surrounded by similar people following similar rules. And so I have spent the rest of my almost 50 years trying to unravel what is me and what is not me. And as I have been releasing layers of me, layers that aren't me, to find who really is me at the core of this, I have been confronted, affronted with the fact that in most places I don't feel like I belong. And in some environments, I feel like that could lead to me experiencing harm. If you did not know that, well, now you do, because it's the truth. But I couldn't have said the words until really recently. There's this movement toward DEI and B. B is belonging. And in a uh, coaching training, I was working with some folks on this very topic. And so in a breakout room, the question was: tell me your feeling about belonging. Where do you belong? And that's when I heard myself say it. Yep. And so my child who is trans also experiences this, but at a greater level. And so this has led to us making different choices in the way he's being parented. It has been quite a journey, but really quite a journey in me recognizing where I also don't experience a feeling of belonging. So that leads to a feeling of panic. And what are panic attacks? For me, it began like, oh, i it's like a whole body feeling of not fitting in, and maybe there's also a shark. Now sometimes, rarely though, but sometimes for me, I am in places where maybe it's not the most welcoming of environments for a person like me. But rarely am I actually in grave danger. And so what I have learned how to do throughout my life is to work through, is this really dangerous or is this my mind saying it's dangerous? All right, zoom forward to my almost 50 year old self and I am working with ambitious creatives and entrepreneurs who are working to bring something to life, to birth a new program, to shift into self-employment, to lift their art up and out into the world, to get paid what they deserve and to have a life that's full of dignity and respect. And y'all, what I've been finding is It has a lot to do with, do you feel safe putting your work out there, putting yourself out there on the internet? I know, right? Fascinating, fascinating. So this is a place where I have built up a muscle. I've built in a practice, but me, I don't know, three years ago would have been astounded by me now how I do this every day. And I say to people directly on my LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, here on the podcast, I'm like, y'all, this is my work and I am inviting you. If this resonates with you, if this is what is holding you back, I can help you. The confidence that I have grown through working with clients and my own nervous system has led me to this place. And I can do that for you. Bravery and confidence are growing things. So just like, let's do a parallel. Y'all know I've been at the gym and y'all the muscles are amazing. I have three abs. I don't care about sizes. I care about strong, healthy, capable body. I want to walk around in that body because that makes me very proud. I love to lift heavy things. I just did my first like deadlifts on a bar at like 95 pounds last week with my trainer, because now I've added a trainer. And what we're really working on is challenging the muscles. Does it hurt a little bit? Yes, but it is in the repetition. It is in challenging the muscles to lift a little heavier and a little heavier. It is in all of the things I do to take care of this body, to give it the sleep, hydration, protein, and nutrients it needs to show up at the gym and challenge the muscles. Y'all this is what I do with my clients in coaching. We make sure that holistically they're not poking holes in their own boat. I know too many metaphors. What are the places in where, where they're harming themselves, where they're sabotaging their success, And can we shore that up? Can we make sure that they're aware of it? And then can we add in the practices of showing up in public with our work to increase the confidence muscles? Because at some point, six months from now, it will be easy. Is it easy in the beginning? No, but that's why you have a coach who is quite funny and really good at this. So what does this have to do with panic? All right, here's your pro tip for the day. I've been giving this out like candy all day today. Pro tip for working with panic, y'all, you got to talk to your panic. A lot of us avoid or hear the things in the head and it's like doing things to us. And it's leading our behaviors of self-sabotaging, harming ourselves, hiding, avoiding the actual thing. Y'all, you need to have a conversation with your panic. Here's what my panic looks like. My panic is like a little girl and she sits in the back seat of a car. She's about eight, eight or nine and she really doubts that I can do this. She says lots of things to me. Like, are you sure about this? I don't know about this. Are you sure about this? I don't know that this is a good idea. Who said you could do this? Does anybody know you're doing this? She really patriarchally questions me. Hmm, where did that come from? Uh, the culture I was raised in, right? Here's what I get to do. I get to have a conversation with her. I get to stop the car and I get to go around the side and I get to sit with her and say, Hey, I know you're afraid and you're trying to take care of me. And guess what? I've driven this road before a million times. I know where we're going. Hey, look, here's some data. I have enough gas. For me, that might be money have enough in the tank. Yeah. I know you're trying to help right now. I'm showing you all the data I have to prove to you that I got this. And do you know what? She's glad that I talked to her. Is she going to pop up again in another day or so another two days? Maybe I have um, something changes in my business or something triggers her to be like, uh Oh, pterodactyls are around. I got to make sure this lady who's driving's got it. She pops back up and if I can catch it, because now I'm more in a practice of talking to her, then I can tell her, hold on, let me get the data. Do I know this road? Do I know where I'm going? Have I made decisions? Yes. Do I have enough gas to get there? Yes. Do I need to check the tires? Sure, let's do that right now. So maybe she just needs to be a part of what's happening. All right, so talk to your panic. Ask them what they're saying. Write those words down. And then I want you to talk to them with the most loving, compassionate, do not shame this person, no. I want you to talk with them, calm their fears and feel the fear and do it anyway. If this is a place where you need some support, this is my wheelhouse. And hey, if you get on my calendar and there is a link at shannon-ivy.com, you can also find me on all the socials. There's links everywhere to get on my calendar. Send me a message for that link. If you get on my calendar, I'm gonna coach you for free in June. How does that feel? All right. Let's do this. Hug it up, move forward, feel the fear, and do it anyway. See you soon.